You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Probably seen their clothing around town on game days. Check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ADA, and this station. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa.
start dialing this in. Tennessee is dialing in Alabama. I'm checking to see what inning third. Tennessee's up four to zero. Uh, that's a college women's world series. So hopefully Alabama will come back. Montana Fouts did not start. Torrance did. And I have yet to see Montana in the pen or anywhere else. So maybe that's the way it's going to stay. But uh, right now, again, Alabama's down four to nothing. Lars Anderson, what's going on in your world? I'm living in the airport right now, Matt, and hopefully there won't be too much feedback. I'll be back in uh, Tuscaloosa tomorrow. And, um, yeah, Alabama off to a slow start here against Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I'm assuming Patrick Murphy has a uh, plan in place for Montana. And maybe he was just hoping to steal a victory today. Give her another day to, to rest uh, her knee. and uh, But you you look at these two teams, uh, Alabama's the five seed, 45 and 20 overall. Tennessee's the four seed, 49 and eight overall. And uh, the Lady Vols this year are three and one against Alabama. And also the Lady Vols are one of the hottest teams in the country. They haven't lost yet this postseason, Matt. And uh, I, I fear for Alabama that they may have just run up against a, a juggernaut here. Um, I know a four-hole deficit this early in the game isn't that big of a deal. It's uh, t- top of the third. Uh, but it's not uh, not an ideal start, Matt. No, and it's really not an ideal start if you're Alabama because they have struggled at the plate. Uh, although it's a base hit to left and a runner's going to score. Uh, so it's four to one at least. So maybe if I say bad things about their offense, they'll continue to score. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it's, it's hard to say Alabama has an off year when they make the, the, uh, the world series. But have you just not gotten the, the feeling from the get go that this, this team just didn't, it wasn't clicking. I don't think all season long, there may have been a stretch where they really ripped off a bunch of ran, wins in SEC play, but. Um, I'm not surprised they're struggling. I hate to say that because I love Bama softball, but this is not surprising me. No, it, it, it's not. Um, to those of us who've, who've paid, you know, pretty good attention to what's been going on with this team, it's it's uh, not Patrick Murphy's strongest team that that he has uh, led to the World Series. So you could kind of flip it on its head and say that this is Patrick Murphy's perhaps greatest coaching job. The fact that, uh, you know, by, by hook and by crook, so to speak, he's been able to get this team to the College World Series. Uh, and largely because of just the heroic performance, uh, the last round of, of, uh, of Montana Fouts, uh, and I think a performance that really cemented her legacy as the greatest, not just pitcher in Alabama history, but the the greatest player in Alabama history, uh, the most impactful player in Alabama history. And uh, you remember uh, we had we had uh, uh, Patrick Murphy on our show a few, I don't know, maybe it was last year uh, or it could have been earlier this year, but he told us the story about recruiting Montana. And going up and seeing her in Kentucky, where she's from, and uh, just on the very first time he watched her pitch, 
he made sure that he positioned himself right behind home plate. Yeah. Right? So so Montana knew that he was there. And, um, you know, and it's just little things like that, you know, these little recruiting uh, tricks, so to speak, uh, that that uh, I think have, have helped Patrick Murphy over the years uh, attract so much talent. And then when you have talent, as we've seen with Alabama football, like attracts like. Um, that's why you often see – well, I won't go <laughs> – you know what I'm talking about, Matt. But uh, yeah. like attracts like, so you get uh, really good players uh, will bring more good players. And that is sort of how uh, dynasties are uh, created and sustained. And, uh, and Montana uh, certainly has been a beacon in attracting other very talented young women to Alabama uh, to play softball. You're listening to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll go to the mixture. That's Mick Gillespie who will talk about all things Alabama. Likewise with Mike Rodak, particularly some focus on the Southeastern Conference meetings. We're ending the week as they, uh, they're all together down there in Destin. And when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, old topics with a new twist. Does that make it more engaging, Lars? <laughs> You bet. Tom, are we going to talk Tom Brady? Oh, <laughs> oh, golly. No. Uh, Tom no. Brady, he says he's certain that he's not playing again. So let's just put that story to rest. Is this the fourth or fifth time he's had to say that? <laughs> I think this is uh, probably time number five. Uh, but he did renege, renege on time number one, maybe time number two. So, uh, but th- this is it. He, he's done. He's now a uh, part owner of the of the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, we'll see how, how that suits him. And, um, and you know, who knows if he is going to follow through and, and become a, 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 a color commentator for just an insane amount of money. But um, uh, hey, the world's in front of Tom Brady. He's got plenty of opportunities, but yes, he says that he is quote certain unquote that he is not playing again. Um, also, uh, neutral site games have popped back up. Uh, that will be a part of the topic. Storming the field. I really, I, Lars has a, an interesting solution. It may work. They try everything else, but fines aren't getting it done. According to Greg Byrne, Alabama athletics director. We'll talk about that and more on the other side of this break. As you listen to big noon sports. Couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. From our home base. 
based right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Are you Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. Just a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today, 86. The low tonight, 65. Tomorrow morning, sunshine, a few spots. Could see a brief afternoon shower. The high tomorrow, 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. They're now in the bottom of the third, and Tennessee's lead has been cut from 4-0 to 4-2. So there's the good news, and maybe Alabama's offense is going to find their way in the Women's College Softball World Series. Yesterday at the SEC meetings, I guess Greg Byrne had a chance to speak, and he was he was asked about storming the fields, and he just flat out said, Lars, fines aren't working. Uh, it goes for 50 thousand dollars first time second time 103rd time 250,000 and uh, if you're playing Alabama and you win at home it's a given that the team's going to rush the field that just happened twice last year so what is the what is the conference going to do about this and I heard they actually taken away a home game um you know solution I don't think that works at all I'll tell you why and then I'm going to hand the ball off to Lars Anderson. That takes money away, first of all. But I think you also have to think about the number of people that literally make their living off Alabama or Auburn or Tennessee home games. The vendors, man, they lose a home game. You know, they're losing a sixth of their income. Um, I don't think that's the solution at all. Now, once again, remind our listeners to Big Name Sports what your great idea is. Well, yeah. Um, well, before I get to that, let's just let's just break this down a little bit. A lot of people are calling Alabama like the fun police now, and uh, but the fact is, uh, seven times in the last ten years, Alabama's been on the road when the opposing team has upset Alabama, and the fans have stormed the field. And, uh, Nick Saban did a few years ago, um, just, he said he didn't mind it because he felt safe. Well, it's a little bit different for Nick Saban because he is surrounded by security. Big, big dudes who are making, who their one job is to make sure that Nick Saban doesn't get, uh, impacted at all by these out of control fans. And, you know, you have Josh Heupel and, and other coaches 
who don't want anything done because they they want to um, sort of appease their fan base and say that it's oh it's just a part of the pageantry of college football and all this to me it's nonsense uh, I, I think it's dangerous I've been on the field many times when it, it, the, it's been stormed I've talked about it when I was uh, younger I was on the field and uh, I swear I would have been trampled to death as about an eight-year-old now why an eight-year-old is on the field when the fans rush it I don't know what my my dad was thinking letting me go but um, but I fell to the ground and, and people were stepping on me and and literally a Nebraska football player got down sort of on all fours and protected me. And if he hadn't done that, I, I'm not kidding. I, I literally could have been trampled to death. And to me, I, I hate to be like an alarmist and overreact, but I think if uh, if current rules in college sports don't change, um, I think it's just a matter of time before there is, if not a serious, serious injury, then a fatality. I, I really think that uh, because it's just out of control on the field, super out of control. And my my uh, suggestion, which I brought up a few times, and it's somewhat tongue in cheek, but somewhat not, because I saw it worked. It's 100 percent effective is when the Yankees and this was for several years. The, the first few times the Yankees in the uh, like the Derek Jeter um mariana rivera bernie williams uh teams right won all those championships fans stormed the field after the, if they won the the game seven at home or game six or whenever they clinched the world series at home well new york got wise and what they did was uh before the final inning or before the, the opposing team's final bat they brought out about 80 horses with police mounted with like mounted police right these huge horses and you know what happened not a single person <laughs> dared storm the field because believe it or not people are scared of horses and and the horses uh, can do some damage to you and also uh you know big and the, with the police sort of being above you it's just an intimidating scene far more intimidating than uh you know a 65 year old guy in a yellow jacket uh trying to keep a thousand fans hey hey let's be careful now <laughs> but uh yeah so my my solution is uh bring bring out the uh bring out the cavalry so to speak and bring out the mounted police you know i'm really really spitballing here but um I wonder if you could have some like temporary extensions from the ground up that at the end of the game, you just pop them up, you know, like maybe 10 feet above the first row. You understand what I'm talking about? It's kind of like what they have at the soccer games to keep the hooligans uh, off at. Yeah. 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 Uh, Like those um, uh, clear plexiglass, like a window. Yeah. yeah, It's like plexiglass. The, that, that, the problem that that creates is uh, you get fans pressed up against that. And so you get fans that can get crushed because there may not be uh, a proper escape route. You know, when, when you're dealing with uh, a mass of people, uh, you know, it's the, the logistics of it become quite complicated, especially when you can't necessarily predict uh, 
their behavior and also if you throw in alcohol um you know my, my brother for example he he works uh just he has a sort of a part-time a gig at um at a music venue in Washington DC he does he does it for fun because he loves music so much and he's a part of uh crowd control and he he said that he has told me several times it is just amazing amazing how fast things can go from being fine to being absolutely terrible and uh it just takes uh you know like one or two people to fall or you know people at concerts will often you know press up um you know I'm a big Pearl Jam fan and and Eddie Vedder is constantly at concerts stopping the show and if he sees that anything going on in the crowd like if somebody's down or if if the the crowd is being too aggressive in one area or pushing too hard in another area he'll just stop everything so i think we can agree that there is the potential for catastrophic something catastrophic to happen that at least that's that's my that's my position and now what can be done to uh stop that certainly no amount of money is going to be done so what is the next thing you can do uh you're right taking away a home game seems a little too uh punitive but um i i i don't know matt like th- this is a tough one but the thing is i don't think there's enough support among the coaches to really push this forward and i don't know if this would come down to a coach's vote or a ad vote or what what would the dynamics of this look like do you know no i really don't know um or could sankey just sort of uh rule by fiat so to speak and just lay down the law well what's i think the sec's being proactive in this area because they foresee what some of us do and there've been problems people have been hurt um and i i remember i mean just last the year the concert in cincinnati many oh, many yeah. years ago yeah um, um i think 11 that, people died in that and what what really really concerns me and i know you as well is that um a lot of times there are kids like little Lars Anderson running around Lincoln uh and and that's that's going to be really really tragic if that were to occur certainly um hope nothing like that no human is lost but uh got to keep them off the field it's got to be safe uh, there's been incidents uh, concerning Alabama players Alabama coaches at LSU um but I hope they nip it in the bud. But here, you know, I don't know how to do it. You know, I, and it seems like I should be able to think of something, you know, Lars, yeah. plastic things. But you make you make a great point um, because you literally you get to a wall. Well, what if the kids sitting on the first row? Um, I mean, maybe open to suggestions, sir. Maybe you just you just really you, you just put a massive amount of police pres- presence uh on the perimeter of the field but i think that would even be challenging um but yeah i mean just last year we saw Jermaine Burton of Alabama remember uh oh, yeah. a female fan got close to him and you know he's just sort of reacting he's just trying to get off the field and he put his hands on her and um you know that situation could have gotten out of control um and you know there's a reason why 
there is a cool down period after the game, uh, especially for the losing team, uh, before they speak to the media because the adrenaline's flowing, they're really upset, and Jermaine Burton doesn't know who's coming at him. He's just trying to get off the field. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean, they're just, uh, it's just, it, 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 to me, it feels like a, a powder keg just waiting to be lit. And, like, you know, the, the, the flame is, is right around, <laughs> right around the gunpowder. Uh, and I, I fear something bad will happen. And I, I certainly hope not. But, um, you, you've just, you've seen it all around the world with, uh, soccer matches or, you know, American football, whatever you want to call it, uh, football Americano in, uh, in, in, in the, uh, in South America. But, um, you've just seen it all around the world at different sporting events of, uh, of problems happening. And, uh, I do think the SEC is being proactive by discussing this issue. I know way too many. It seems to me way too many fans are just laughing this, laughing this off as Alabama whining because Alabama really is sort of leading the charge. I think on this issue uh, because Alabama is the team that has been impacted the most by it, and Greg Byrne has seen it firsthand. You know, he said he he's been down on the field, and it's not like Greg Byrne has uh, security next to him and. And, you know, uh, people don't know who he is, and I'm sure he's been bumped around, and it, it, it's just, it, it's an out of control situation, and, uh, something needs to be done to, uh, corral it. I've got it, Lars. We build moats. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lee Sand thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Goodfeet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Funny. 
securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Lars the Sky and the Friendly Sky. In the meantime, we're going to be joined by Mick Gillespie, and he'll give us all his information here in a minute on where you can listen to Mick. Uh, he's coming to a double-A partner to you. Let's let's start that right off the bat. How you doing, Mick? Hey, how's it going? Good. What's your favorite park, man, in the Southern League? Well, I like Montgomery a lot just because, you know, it's, it's, it's got all the history there. You know, it was a site that was part of the Civil War, you know, and then it was a whistle stop. Um, you know, and so, and I like the train that's out there. They, I think they did that place right, you know, and that's the top of my list. But I, all the stadiums in Alabama are really good. I mean, you know, Rocket City and, and, and the Madison area outside of Huntsville is new. It's nice. And then uh, the new Birmingham Stadium's nice too. So we we went from having some really bad stadiums, Joe Davis Stadium and Huntsville. It used to be the Star Stadium, and now that one just got redone for soccer. And I saw pictures; it looks pretty good. But the baseball stadium was not good. And then Mobile had a team, and you know, and obviously their stadium was so poor that that they ended up moving to Rocket City. So um, right now, it's probably the best that baseball stadiums have ever been in Alabama. I'm watching the softball game right now, and unfortunately, Tennessee's gotten a couple of runs back, so they now have that four-run lead. It is six to two. Looks like they're on the top of the fourth as Alabama's plate. Just a minute ago, they were interviewing the Tennessee coach between innings. We've also seen microphones get into dugouts during play. Um, players get mic'd up while they're on the field. I could go on and on and on. Is this invasive or does it help the fans? Uh, you know what? I mean, it's, it's a sport, you know. I mean, it, it's not like they're trying to, um, you know, figure out how to bend gravity and, uh, you know, put a spaceship, you know, into the solar system somewhere. You know, uh, I, yeah, it's a little invasive, but it's also a, a fan-driven game, you know. So, I mean, I, I don't think that – having someone jump on the air and talk is, uh, is, is that big of a deal. I think that fans like it. Uh, Karen Weekly's done a great job as Tennessee's coach. Um, and uh, honest, to be honest with you, Tennessee, Oklahoma better watch out. Tennessee's legitimately a great I, team this year. Uh, they could yeah, win it all. Just talking to Weekly between innings, but, uh, Sometimes I don't know if you've been you've been watching golf lately and the PGA. You got guys that are mic'd up between shots, and sometimes it makes me uneasy because it looks like 
they're, you know, they get up to where their ball is and they're clubbing and they're still talking to the guys in the booth above 18. Uh, maybe that's the broadcaster in me, Mick, that makes me nervous. Yeah, you know, we, we were kind of brought up that you do things a certain way. And I don't know, Matt, you know, I've thought about this a lot because COVID, if COVID taught me anything, you know, I never thought that I would do my football show um, for a Saturday game on a Friday night. And, and then we, you know, we would air it across the state on a Saturday and everybody would like it. You know, I thought you had to do everything live. But during COVID, we, you know, it kind of changed things up. And then I realized that to a lot of people, you know, they're so used to listening to the things that we do on podcasts that they don't really care about having, you know, like somebody sitting there in front of them and talking, uh, you know, live. And so, you know, stuff like that. It, it, it's like you said, like you, you kind of cringe sometimes because you don't want to interfere with the game itself. But at the same time, if you're trying to, to compete with a lot of other sports and a lot of other uh, shows and, you know, there's a million channels. When I was a kid, we had, you know, three channels. And then, you know, you could turn on that little you thing and spin the wheel on your television. You might be able to get maybe a fourth or a fifth channel. That hey, Mick, like, uh, you are really Andy really Griffith reruns. Your age, man. <laughs> I know nobody, but they probably don't believe me. But that's how it was. You know, you didn't have a lot of a choice. You know, I remember getting cable, and um, and and just how amazing it was to yeah. be able to see like sports highlights. And now, you know, my son watches YouTube and. And, and you can get all of that stuff on demand on your phone. And when I was at Alabama, uh, the uh, the guy who was uh, in charge of the communication school was uh, Dean Culpepper, and I remember sitting in his office and him saying, "Hey, you know, what are you what are you thinking about the future of, of your business?" And I'm talking to him, and he's like explaining to me that he thought that one day we would be able to watch games live on our cell phones. And this was before the iPhone came out. And I just, it was such, such a foreign concept to me, you know, and, and looking back now, um, he was exactly right. So, um, and, and maybe he didn't say cell phone, but he just said like, you know, th the fact that you would be able to take this wherever you go, um, you know, and at that point, I mean, it was, you know, to have an email address and use emails was something that people really didn't have a lot of experience with. So, <laughs> so we, we've come a long way. So, look, if, my point is if they they could easily wear a microphone during the game and talk or do an interview during the game. And I don't I, honestly, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. Now, um, I think eventually we'll hit a ceiling or the coaches and players will hit a ceiling. But right now they seem to be very open to it. And I'm like 90% for it, except the golf thing makes me uncomfortable. But if the golfer's not uncomfortable, uh, Mick, why should I be? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Like I said, I think that's that's just the the live nature of it and the broadcaster in me. Um, hey, as long as we're talking a little that brought up by softball, by uh, Tennessee, Alabama, it's now 7-2, to two, Tennessee. So uh, yeah. not looking good for the tide, but it's uh, women's yeah. softball, and you can get hot real quick. Uh, but is it, I was talking with Lars earlier about this, Mick, and does it, it just seem to me like this year Alabama's softball team's just been a, a very, very small tick off pretty much all year? 
Look, I I, I got to tell you, it, everything fell right for them to get to the World Series. Um, and congratulations. I mean, that's great. But this isn't one of the, the best teams that Alabama's had. You know, Montana Faust has been – she's been good, but she hasn't been dominant. Like, you know, we've seen her dominant at times, but not like she was a couple of seasons ago. Um, you know, they score runs some, but you feel like anyone can beat them. You know, I, I'm curious – about the direction of the program in general, you know, like last year, they obviously didn't make it to a super regional this year. I felt like the draw was perfect and they get to the world series, you know, where are they going to go next year and the year after that, you know, is this a trend down, even though they got to the world series this year, or is just, is just, this just part of it. I mean, you know, you could look at Tennessee and what Karen Weekly's done and you know, they, you go out and you get, a great pitcher and then maybe the best player in the country and Malloy, their leadoff hitter. Um, and, uh, you know, and all of a sudden they're a force again, you know, but I'm, I'm definitely curious um, because I, I was honestly, I, I, I'm very impressed that they even got to the world series. And when I heard coach Murphy say that they were big underdogs, I thought he was exactly right. Um, because I think that Tennessee is way better than Alabama this year, and uh, Oklahoma is way better than Alabama, and I'm, I hope that they find at least one win before they come back home. Well, it doesn't look like it's going to be against the Lady Vols because they just hit, I think, a three-run shot, and it's now t- something's ten to two. So, yeah, yeah, uh, it's not not too late. They, <laughs> they put uh, Alex Salter in now. Um, to pitch at, for Torrance. So apparently we're not going to see Montana Fouts either. I wouldn't put Montana in down 10-2, would you? <laughs> I'd no, wait and no, hold her no, for no. next game. Yeah, no. I mean, that, and, and the the, uh, the the injury that she has, I mean, you know, she's, this is it for her, you know. And so it's not like you're, you know, playing baseball and you're going to get drafted and, you know, you're going to make a bunch of money. I mean, this is, you know, you, you tr- she's trying to play hurt. But, um, you know, today's definitely not their day. And I, like I said, look, kudos to this team for even getting to the World Series because I, I was really surprised that they got there. But, I, you know, as an Alabama fan, pleasantly surprised. Yep. Hey, uh, Mick, can you hang another segment with me? I want to talk some, yeah. I want to talk some Major League Baseball with you. Let's do it. Because uh, we have talked the scheduling and the storming of the fields and uh, NIL and transfer portal this week for the SEC meetings in Destin just to death. I'm ready for fresh material, and that's what you're going to get on the other side of this break as you listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. Just a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today, 86. The low tonight, 65. Tomorrow morning, sunshine. A few spots could see a brief afternoon shower. The high tomorrow, 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Big News Sports, Campus Online, Big News 
Facebook.com, Twitter, at Big Noon Sports. Pretty simple stuff. And you just go to the website, just like an app, hit Listen Live, and boom, we're right there. So dial us up, dial us in. Uh, tell us where you are and how people can follow you once again here, Mick. Yeah, look, it's uh, at Broadcaster Mick on Twitter. And, um, you know, I'll be kind of putting things together for this fall. Um, still, you know, working on a couple things. But, you know, the uh, the Bama football tailgate show is going to be on in uh, every market in the state. So I'm excited about that. And I think we've been doing the pregame show for over a decade now. Uh, and we'll be covering Alabama, and we'll have Monday Night Quarterback and all that stuff. So that's that's fun. And then baseball, you know, every single day with the Smokies. You can watch uh, Friday. Hey, that's today. Yeah, we're going to be on um, free on MLB app all across the, the world. So if you want to watch a game, we're like the featured game against Chattanooga tonight. So you can uh, hang out and send us a tweet and ask some questions and all that stuff. But um that's pretty much what's going on right now. A lot of baseball and watching Bama and the SEC and getting ready for football. Um, let's go to Major League Baseball. Is the biggest story the way the Rays have been tearing it up since they won the 14 straight to open, or is it the guys that are following them, the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, you know what? I just saw uh, the Rays and the Cubs play a series, and uh, Cubs played them really tough. But the Rays have—they've got some pitching. They're obviously dealing with some injuries right now, but they're off to a great start. I think, honestly, I think the story is that baseball has changed right now with the teams that are successful. I mean, think about it: the Rays, the Orioles, the Rangers, the Pirates. You know, even though they're kind of up and down, but it, there's a, a an insurgent of young players, guys that have been drafted and developed and now we're getting to the major leagues. And I even throw it, and I told you, I throw Atlanta in that mix. I, I think Atlanta's kind of even further along with those guys just because they're in that same, that same guild, but they have guys with World Series championship experience. So um, the fact that the, the Yankees are behind both of those teams and, you know, that, that AL East is as good of a division as I can ever remember. You know, I mean, like you could be in last place there, and if you go to the Central, you'd be in first. Every team in the uh, AL East is above 500. I've never seen yeah. that this far into uh-uh. the season. No, and think about Toronto. I mean, they've got a, a really good young core of players. They've got some young pitching. And, you know, they're having team meetings because they're they're around 500, and they're about to get buried. You know, the Yankees went out and spent all that money to keep Aaron Judge and, and this guy and that guy and, you know, that giant payroll. And uh, and Baltimore and Tampa Bay are, I mean, they win about every day, it feels like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Red Sox aren't bad. So it's a, it's a tough division. Um, and I, I just look at the way that young teams in baseball right now that went out and, and took their lumps and, you know, didn't spend a bunch of money in free agency – were patient uh, and went in and got young talent and and waited and developed are the teams right now that are kind of, you know, at the – we're at the point where I feel like they're about to take over the league. You – I didn't think I was going to like many of these rule changes. But I'll have to admit, I still don't think I understand the throws over to first and how they're doing that, but apparently it hadn't had a – really negative effect 
I really thought the enlarging of the bases would make a big difference. And I think we're probably seeing fewer double plays and more steals. Uh, but I'm okay with that. Um, the pitch clock is just, you know what I think when I watch the pitch clock and then the speed and the pace of these games, why didn't we do this earlier? <laughs> do you, yeah, what, which yeah. do you like and don't like? Well, look, I love the pitch clock. I mean, it, it gets me out of the ballpark a half an hour early. You know, even when you have bad games, they go fast, you know. Um, I like that one, the base thing, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. I like the fact that they have, um, you know, they cut the shift out because, you know, I, I got so tired of seeing guys. It, the, the problem is that they don't put enough balls in play. But, you know, the, the shift, it, I, I don't miss that at all. I'm kind of glad that's gone. You know, the two things that they're going to have to figure out are how they can get the ball put in play more, which could be moving the mound back or down, and then um, the, the home plate umpire um, getting the, the – I, I can't stand the human element. I, I know people say it's the human element, you know, but one guy, you know, you're umpiring on Monday and you got a strike zone that's, you know, up, and then I'm on Tuesday and I like a, you know, wide strike zone, and then Lars is on Wednesday and he likes it down low. Like, I, I'm sick of that. Uh, I, they, they're using – Robot umps and AAA, and it says just taking out all of the arguing, you know, the, the because you, it's either a strike or it's not, and and it's the same strike zone every night. So I, I think that th- that those two things are going to eventually come, and the game's going to get better. But it, it the the rule changes that they've made this year uh, have really worked. They've they've paid off. I kind of like seeing the umpire and the manager go jaw to jaw. You know, Earl Weaver, Bobby Cox, those type of guys. So, um, I a computerized strike zone. The um, the the traditional baseball player uh, fan that I am, uh, I don't like it at all. But you make some very good points, and I think it's inevitable. I mean, they bring these things up through the minors. They test them out. They work. Um, yeah. So Look, we're going to see I'll it. Tell you this. And I'll tell you this. Like, I, I was broadcasting with Chris Stewart the last time Alabama was in a super regional, which really is it's shocking to me that it was 2006 is the last time that Alabama hosted a regional um, and, and I think part of that was until they, they upgraded the stadium, um, you know, they're just the, the, the NCAA really wasn't trying to put, um, you know, regional games in there. But we, we played on, uh, we played Clemson at Clemson, won the first night. The second night we had this guy named Peanut who was pitching and he had a real, he threw, the, he kept the ball really low in the zone. And looking back on it, you know, they should have pitched him on Sunday and pitched somebody else on Saturday because the home plate umpire would, would just wasn't going to call low strike. And because of that, Clemson, you know, destroyed Alabama. And, and it's, it's games like that that is, you know, or why I say I don't want the human element. You know, I'm watching these pitches that, I, you know, I broadcasted every game that year. I'm watching pitches that were strikes all year long. And now all of a sudden we're in a super regional and a knee-high pitch isn't a strike anymore. Because whoever the, you know, the joker was that was in the uniform behind the plate that night decided that now nah, he wanted it a little bit higher, you know, and it's, and, and, and it, that's why Alabama didn't win that game. Well, and, uh, umps and refs 
Um, they're all, not all, but they do have egos, and they don't mind mm-hmm. displaying that. Hey, we got a scoot, Mick. Thanks for your time. Go to the beach, go to the ballpark, and have a great end of the week and weekend. Appreciate your time. Hey, and we'll talk to you guys real soon. Have a great weekend. Roll Tide. We'll likely do it next week. That's Mick Gillespie. Appreciate him joining us on Big Noon Sports. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Second hour, we are loaded. Mike Rodak will tell us what's going on in Destin behind the scenes. And then at 12.30, we're going to bring in the old favorite from Cincinnati to Birmingham, Tony Curry. You don't want to miss out. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. 365-247. You'll find road and utility crews, tow truck, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days. Check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Yori, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley. Luxury game day apparel redefined. I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. (laughs) Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. 
Presented by Haley Sanction Union Home Mortgage. Thanks, Haley. He is the, she's the magic in the mortgage. Uh, Matt Coulter with you. Lars is, uh, as he often does for many of his other projects, he travels a little bit, but I think he's literally in the air headed back to Birmingham. But we will, we will carry on with, uh, Seth is our producer, uh, after Joe Gates are left. So we appreciate him being back at our uh, flagship station, Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Going to bring him in here in just a minute, but just a note that Mike Rodak, AL.com. Uh, again, all things Alabama. He'll join us in just a few minutes. And then uh, the last hour on this Thursday is going to be crazy because the Bone's going to be in the house. Not Andrew Bone. Andrew Bone's somewhat civil. Tony Curry never has been. But uh, he's going to be with us a long time broadcaster and, and a, a dear friend of mine, to be very, very honest. We talked for quite a while last night and set this up. We're going to have some fun with that. Let me check over here. Last uh, count, it was 10-2, uh, Tennessee. There's a looks like a double down the corner for the Tide. So, well, now it's 10-3. Looks like somebody else scored. But we'll keep you up to date on what's going on uh, at the College Women's World Series. Uh, the SEC meetings are wrapping up this week. Uh, we have literally talked the ears off your radio or your listening device when it comes to the NIL, the scheduling, and then some of the other, I guess, maybe minor topics, but major in the case of safety, like the rush in the fields, storming the court. Um, Seth, I want to bring you in from Tide because I hadn't asked you your opinion on this. Are you the brilliant guy? Are you the one that has the solution, just hasn't shared with us on what to do about storming the field? I wish I did, truly. Uh, it's definitely a complex issue, but uh got to hear Greg Byrne speak at length about it at SEC Media Days, and Greg certainly made a lot of good points, and it's, you know, schools don't really care about it as much until you're the school that it happens to. You know, Alabama football cares about it. Kentucky basketball cares about it. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, leagues are able to work out any kind of anything that would look like a solution to this issue because there's just so much at stake and so much to consider. Yeah, but, you know, taking away a home game, it just – now that's punishment, and, and it would probably work uh, first time they had to do it. But I, just, I don't think that's fair to the to the home team. The, I don't think it's fair to the city hosting because you're going to lose so much money. Uh, like what, what does the strip do if there's not a game? That's a large chunk of their revenue, isn't it, Seth? I know you're down there all the time. Just yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point. I think that might be what it has to happen for you know everyone to take this seriously because I think losing a home game is such a big threat that maybe you finally get people across the board to listen. Do you have anything in your head? Uh, Laura suggests it's horse, you know, horseback uh, police officers, law enforcement. Uh I suggested maybe you could put some plexiglass up that didn't obstruct the view, or maybe the plexiglass would just come up after the game, and you knew it was going to happen, so you didn't jump over. Yeah. What would really help is if the people that stormed the field were the ones that had to pay the fine. If they had to pay $200 for getting onto that field, I don't think they're getting on the field, but how do you police that, literally and figuratively? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, like those are some pretty interesting ideas. But yeah, like you know, how how would you enforce? Uh, you know, everyone who storms the field gets fined. You know, that, that would be you know maybe crazy facial recognition technology or. You know, just going back and looking at everyone who is seated in certain seats, maybe. Um, yeah, there's, you know, definitely a variety of ways you could look at this. But I, you know, you brought it up. I think that losing a home game on maybe second offense or something um, after these rules are instated, I think that could be the trick. I think it's if you just make the punishment so bad that no one's going to in their right mind do it. You can get rid of it without having to worry about, you know, increased police force or new fancy technology or anything like that. Uh, speaking of the technology, now, you know, I'm a little bit older. <laughs> Is there a way that you can scan people's cell phones if they get within a certain area? I think there's definitely a way that they could use cell phone tracking, yeah, and especially if it's, you know, a case with students. Um, in student sections, I know uh, from experience being an Alabama student who just recently graduated, uh, you know, we at one point had to download these Tide Pride apps that would essentially track our location to determine if we were still in Bryant Denny and reward us, you know, reward points for staying the whole game and not leaving in the, you know, second quarter or anything. Really? Yeah. So the technology is almost there. I think it, it stemmed from a. Obviously, Coach Saban being upset with the uh, lack of students uh, in the second half of a lot of blowouts against, you know, maybe FCS teams or, you know, your New Mexico states. And they the school listened because they definitely instituted a pretty sweeping uh, thing. They tried to, you know, get every student to download the app and make it so that you earn points basically to, uh, you know, get better preference for tickets for you know away football games or national championship games stuff like that you know the more i think about the cell phone scanning the worse idea i think it is because you know kids can just leave their phones so the friend there'll be somebody up in the student section with with a thousand phones holding them for everybody right there's probably a way to get around and then off your location services would it hold up in a court of law that your phone got scanned because the phone could get scanned and you didn't necessarily have to be there so i I've shot that one down. We're not going in that direction. Um, I did want to ask you about something else that we haven't discovered, discussed much concerning SEC and this time football again. Um, what's going to happen? Now, it, they may go eight. They may go nine. Uh, we have literally talked that off the rails. But what's going to happen to the neutral sites? There aren't many left. I still wish they played Alabama Auburn at Legion Field, because but I think that's the dinosaur in me. But uh, most notably, you've got Georgia, Florida. What are they going to do about these games? Do they just immediately go to home and home with this new schedule? Yeah, I mean that's an interesting topic for sure. I know I think Florida and Georgia they just agreed to renewed rights for uh, to have that game played at Jacksonville, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, certainly there are some classic neutral site games throughout the League of College Football. And I agree. I might not have been alive for the era, but I think that having the Iron Bowl at, you know, neutral site Birmingham, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that they might have had that correct, the the original go-around, uh, of course. But, you know, it, it certainly opens the door for, I think, a lot. The way schedules are going, you know, who Who knows? Like you said, Georgia and Florida, they agreed to this uh, Jacksonville deal, 
but you know who's to say that the way thing the way scheduling could progress that could break down i mean there's probably a way yeah. out of that contract so there's no telling what it could look like in two three years um yeah i'm afraid that's gonna be some collateral damage in all this movement and besides, I mean, Kirby's been wanting it to go there for years. And he want, he wants to play in Athens and then in Gainesville. So, and Kate, and by the way, Kirby is um, swinging a pretty big stick in the world of college football right now. Have they? That's, I'm going to ask you the really good one here, and we'll go to break, and we'll bring on Mike Rodak. Has Georgia caught Alabama or even passed them? That's – I, I would say at the moment, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough answer. Um, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I think at the moment, if you look right now at college football, Georgia has pulled itself level uh, as far as uh, prestige with Alabama in college football right now. Now, here's to say, like, let's say Georgia goes out and has an eight and four season next year, you're instantly back to where Georgia has been for the last, I mean, decades and decades now. But, you know, back-to-back national championships, you got to respect. Um, yeah. you got to tip your cap. When it happens, it's a rarity that a team is ever able to do it. So, you know, but we'll see what happens this season. You know, they lost Stetson Bennett, obviously. They've lost a lot of pieces. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, it will be. And Lars disagrees with me um, on most counts. I don't think Georgia's going to uh, have the success that they had with Stetson Bennett. I know they probably have guys in there. I know they have guys in there that are physically better than than Stetson Bennett. But first-year quarterbacks in the SEC, um, man, you're talking about under pressure and initiation of the world of college football. Uh, you're going to get it in a hurry if you're a first-year quarterback. Transfer or not or whatever, you get to this league and you better watch your edge, literally. Uh, Sam, good talking to you. For the remainder of the show, please feel free to jump in as uh, often as you like. Let's uh, try and get the break here. When we come back, we'll talk to Mike Rodak um, about, yeah, what's going on at the SEC uh, meetings down in Destin. We'll touch on that. Also, Alabama softball is now 10-4. Uh, at the end of the fifth, I believe it says, Tennessee is still on top. And then Alabama baseball uh, playing uh, in Tuscaloosa, hosting a region. We'll talk about all of that on the other side of the break of Big News Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Receiving unemployment, your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov slash fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. If you're seven- this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 27036th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come
Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. Just a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today, 86. The low tonight, 65. Tomorrow morning, sunshine, a few spots. Could see a brief afternoon shower. The high tomorrow, 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big News Sports, joining us, our guest, Mr. Busy, all things Alabama, Mike Rodak. Um, Mike, from the SEC meeting, is going to jump right in it because I know you've been busy. I, I don't want to uh, take too much of your time here. But right off the bat, just a few questions. Um, the one we've been discussing today is how to stop fans from rushing the field or storming the court. Uh, I want to know if you've got the idea and just hadn't shared it with us yet. Steve, my idea was you got to have them get free beer back in the concourse. So instead of rushing onto the field, they're all <laughs> going to rush back and get the free beer in the concourse. and That will keep them off the field. That's my idea. I don't know why they haven't enacted it yet. I don't either. Sounds very legitimate to me. Um, they might just take the free beer, turn around, and go back to the field. It might be worse. I don't know. And that might fire them up to rush the field even more because <laughs> – <laughs> I got a feeling when these people stormed the field, a few of them, particularly coming from the student section, it probably had a few. But uh, it is something to be addressed. I think the SEC is going to take the necessary steps here forward. I just honestly don't know what it is. I'll give you the one idea. I guess it's continued to top, be tossed around is take away a home game. I think that affects the city and the vendors and everybody that, uh, you know, literally makes a living off home games. That penalizes them too much, in my opinion. I agree, yeah. I think there's issues with that. I think there would be issues with then you're incentivizing the other team's fans to rush the field, if that makes any sense. Um, yes. Not that there's usually a huge contingent, but you know, if you're an Alabama fan and you're at the Iron Bowl in Auburn and Auburn wins, and then Alabama fans can rush the field and you know, it's almost like a false flag. And and then Auburn gets penalized for that. Um, and then, you know, Auburn loses a home game and Alabama gets a home game. So you're, you're incentivizing the other side too much, I think, with that. I think there needs to be a way that penalizes the school that, um, you know, it, it, where it's happening, but not necessarily rewards the other school. Because that's yeah. essentially what would be the case if you took away a home game. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we've tossed this one around for years, actually, and. uh Nobody's come up with a perfect solution. Uh, my suggestion, but I don't know how you police it, is to uh, penalize the individual fan. What are you going to do? Write 50,000 tickets? You know, I, I don't know. But anyway, on to other topics. Um, I have the feeling that going in, a lot of schools are going to be in favor of nine games. Is it moving back towards eight? That seems to be the, the momentum going into the meetings, and that, you know, is sort of where it's at right now. Not necessarily permanently. I think we're going to go to nine eventually. Um, but, and I wasn't down there this week, but, you know, Ross Dellinger from, from Sports Illustrated does a really good job, was down there, and 
Um, it seems like they're moving towards temporarily keeping it at eight games for next year, which would be the first year of Texas and Oklahoma, 2024, um, and then kind of revisiting it. And it's, you know, kicking the can down the road. It's kind of like what they did with the college football playoff. It's like, oh, we're going to go to 12, we're going to 16, we're going to expand, and they kind of kick the can down the road. Eventually someone does have to step in and say, you know, let's just take a vote and, and let's decide it. I don't think Greg Sankey's there yet. He seems like a very, you know, he's always been this way, very um, thoughtful in terms of uh, really letting things play out, and he's very deliberate. So, um, you know, it's it, it seems like a situation where it's a no-brainer. But then, you know, there's issues with does ESPN pay each school more? Um, and, you know, where do things, you know, is there going to be a benefit for schools in the college football playoff by playing an extra game, or is it actually going to hurt them? Um, and, and trying to get into the 12-team playoff or just trying to be bowl eligible at all. Hey, I want to shift to basketball here. And uh, the article I read this morning, uh, your colleague Nick Alvarez wrote, but Kai Spears is suing the New York Times for including him and connecting him with the tragic murder of Jamia Harris. Uh, can you fill in a few blanks here? And, uh, man, it's your life. It's difficult because we're journalists and you want to be able to report freely, I guess, uh, or without reservation. But when you step over the line, in this case, uh, does Spears have a case? Uh, Well, defamation cases are always tough to prove for the plaintiff because you need to prove that there was essentially reckless disregard or intentionality knowledge of falsity i think is the exact wording yeah. uh, um, that, which is yeah, you have to show malice i think right exactly you have to it's a very high standard for the person who's bringing the suit which is the spears family in this case and they would have to show that the new york times knowingly uh published something that was false uh and i think the tough part about that case reading the washington post article yesterday about it is Alabama never responded to their requests for comment, at least not initially. I think they said it was three hours uh, between their request and when the story got published. Um, so if you're in a situation where Alabama had responded right away and said this is false, then New York Times, you could say they're publishing with knowledge of falsity or, or something along those lines. But if, if there wasn't a response, then trying to prove that there was knowledge of falsity, I think, is, is going to be a high bar. Um, but, you know, there's 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 an alibi, by all accounts, from the Spears side of it. Um, you know, I think they can prove to a, a, a court, to a jury, beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, or it's not even beyond a reasonable doubt, it's, it's a preponderance of evidence that he wasn't there, but can they prove that there was malice on the part of the right. Times? That's going to be the tough part. It is, and uh, then even if you decide that, you have to decide how much. I mean, what are the damages here? And if I'm reading this correctly, uh, the suit filed Tuesday morning in Alabama's Northern District Court, reviewed by AL.com, State Spears is seeking upwards of $75,000 in damages. Uh, Man, that seems low to me. It does, and it's a number that, you know, I'm not an attorney, but yeah, sometimes you see people come in with a higher number in a lawsuit like this and eventually get settled for a lower number. Um, so, I, you know, just from an outside perspective, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's settled. I think the New York Times would, would gladly pay that amount of money or even less yeah. to sort of forego having to pay their lawyers that amount. 
Um, so, you know, and, and I don't know. I haven't read the actual suit. If that's just the damages or if there's, you know, additional um, punitive, um, you know, money that they're requesting on top of that. But, yeah, it, I, that was my initial reaction as well. Is that, wow, that number is pretty low. I wonder, because I have not read uh, to be true or false, but I wonder if the New York Times knew that Kai's father, Christian Spears, was an athletic director. He's at Marshall now. Um would that have made any difference? He'd go, oh, maybe we want to back off of this because this guy knows the business. Uh, I think, and I'm trying to remember when the initial story came out. I believe they mentioned it in that initial story. I could okay. be wrong. Okay. Um, but it might have been added soon after. But I, I think I think they knew about that. Um, you know, again, it's the New York Times. Like, I think there's um, – I don't know if they're necessarily afraid of, of the athletic director at Marshall, but it's, it's a consideration. Um, I, I, again, I, I wasn't involved in, in reporting that story, so I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I think that's all part of the mix. Hey, uh, what do you think about Alabama's host in the regionals this weekend? Alabama's playing great baseball. Uh, you know, Robbie Glenn, the former player, joins our show often. And, uh, of course, he's, he's biased. You know, he, he bleeds some crimson. He thinks the way this team is playing right now and the fact that they have really bonded under adversity, they could end up in Omaha. Do you agree? I think they can certainly get to next weekend um, and get to a Super Regional and, and see where things go from there. I mean, is there a limit to this team? Potentially. Like, I don't know if they're, you know, a, a, a World Series, you know, top three, top four type of team, but – Ole Miss wasn't that this or this point last year either. I mean, Ole Miss was Correct. basically the last team into the tournament, and, and they won it all. So you don't you don't necessarily have to be. Um, you know, I there's there's a lot of good SEC teams. I think there's a lot of good SEC teams in the tournament that could beat them. Uh, the the good thing for them is they don't have to play any this weekend. It, it's Boston College, Troy, and, and Nichols State. So yeah, I, I think they can get through this weekend. Um, you know, we'll have to see what happens in the Super Regional. They'd be going on the road, um, you know, unless there's an upset. So, you know, there's there's a, there's an obstacle between them and Omaha, but I think it, it's going to be more next weekend than this one. Hey, Mike, uh, before I let you go, you're so generous, and you join our show, I would say 95% of the time I send you a text, and if you don't, it's because you're knee-deep in a story. And I want everybody to know how gracious you are uh, to this show but there are still people that probably just know Mike Rodak's byline, AL.com. Uh, where are you from? Aren't, aren't, you, aren't you a Yankee? <laughs> I am. I'm originally from uh, the Boston area, and then I was I was working in Buffalo, and I came down here uh, four years ago. Cause my wife, who I met in Buffalo, is from here originally, so that, that's what brought me down. But um, oh. there actually has been a, a change to my byline, just to – I guess get that out there. Starting today, I, I'm now with um, 24-7 Sports. Um, I didn't know that. So, yeah, it came out this morning um, where, you know, there's the old uh, Bama Online that was with 24-7 Sports, and um, their contract was up as of last night, and, and they moved over to On3. And so uh, we've started the new Alabama website, you know, as part of, of 24-7 and, and CBS. And so this is our first day of that. It's called Bama Twenty four seven, and it's me and, and John Talty, who was my old boss at AOL.com. and uh, we also have Cody Goodwin, who's coming down from from Iowa, 
Um, and then Brett Greenberg, who's actually been, you know, in the Tuscaloosa area before, was with the, the Tuscaloosa News, and he's going to come up and um, cover recruiting for us. So it's a, it's a brand new team and a, a brand new website, but still, still doing the same job as it was before. Well, every once in a while, my timing's not bad. What a good question at the time. What's the website <laughs> again? How can people dial y'all up? Yeah, that's that's Bama247.com. It's part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Well, I have to make sure that's in my browser somewhere. Very cool. Are you a Bills fan? No, I, I covered the Bills. Um, and, and Bills fans always would remind me that I, I covered the, the Patriots before that. So it's not quite Auburn, Alabama, but Bills fans do not like the Patriots by any means. And I was always uh, reminded of, of where I came from when I was up there. Uh, when you got to the South, what did you see that went, wow, I am really below the Mason-Dixon line? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it's it's college sports in general. I mean, there's a huge discrepancy between – I mean, the Big Ten obviously is is, is a northern league, and, and those stadiums are packed. But I'm talking more like I remember I went to like a Boston College game when I was really young. You know, this is probably 25, 30 years ago, and you know, it's <laughs> it's about 30 percent of the people in that stadium and 30 percent of the energy that you know there is when you go into an Alabama game or you know you go to Florida. I remember that Florida game a couple years ago was just sort of the most intense SEC game that I've covered and just the passion and um, the energy that that's in those stadiums is completely different than what college sports is up North. I mean, university of Buffalo, when I was there, you know, there's, <laughs> you can probably count a hundred people in the stands for some of those Tuesday, Wednesday night back games. And it's just completely different down here. Two quick rapid fires before we go. Do you eat collard greens now or did you before? No, my wife absolutely loves them, and I I just don't I don't have much like if I go to barbecue joint I'm getting like mac and cheese and, and coleslaw, yeah. but she hates anything with mayonnaise, so no coleslaw for her. What about grits? Yeah, I'll eat them. I mean, I think they're you know cheese grits are good. I don't like them when they're too bland, but I'll eat them. Oh, um, yeah, I like. I mean, I'll eat them plain, but I like. To dress it up with some butter and maybe some cheese, too. All right. Uh, you know I've gone too long when I start talking about grits. Mike, congratulations on the new deal. We'll be dialing you up. And uh, uh, I hate it for AL.com because they're losing a hell of a writer. Uh, you know how much Lars and I have so much respect for you. Uh, have a good weekend, man. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Have a good weekend yourself. You bet. I will. Uh, all right. Uh, hold on to your headphones. Coming up, Tony Curry who is literally a radio legend. And he is going to join us on the other side of the break as you're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. 
sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days. Check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley. Luxury game day apparel redefined. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisanne thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. to feel or touch the grass on their favorite football field. And, you know, it's not happening every single weekend. And when you have a special moment, uh, you can always remember storming a field or a court. Uh, I think it's a wonderful thing. But, I, you know, until someone gets hurt, I guess, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But um, I don't have a big problem. I think we've got bigger problems to deal with in, in college football and basketball than storming the court. I get the feeling that uh, there are several member institutions in the Southeastern Conference that lean in your direction. And a lot of them are saying, well, it's just Alabama fans and Alabama being whiny because they had the field stormed on them twice last year and seven out of uh, maybe the last 10 road losses, uh, they've had the field stormed on them. So is Alabama overly sensitive? No, and, and and what does that say about your organization when the opposing teams are storming exactly. the fields because they beat you? That is a compliment, right? I mean, how many times is I can't I can't even tell you. When was the last time that anyone stormed Brian Denny? I mean, has has, has it happened anytime soon? You're supposed to act act like you've been there, right? It just doesn't happen. I will say this: it does it does bother me a little bit when I see uh, I, I can't think of a team off the top of my head, but but some. You know, mediocre group of five teams storming the court after a regular season win just because they haven't beaten a team in ten tries. That that to me is like pick your pick your moments, pick your battles, and make it right. And when you do win that big ball game, go storm the court. Uh, if I was a fairly Dickinson fan, would I have stormed the basketball court after I beat Purdue? You betcha, because it's yeah. only happened one other time uh, with a sixteen losing to a one or, or, or a one losing to a sixteen. So. You know, pick your battles. But, I, again, it's not happening every single week, and I, I don't really think it's something that they need to worry about. Um, I don't – they may come out of something. Maybe the SEC takes the lead here and figures out some way. I quite honestly don't know how you stop it. The way you're going to stop it is you need to punish the individual instead of the school. But I, what are you going to write tickets? I said that earlier. I, I just don't ever see that happening. Um, they'll come up with something. I got confidence in this conference. Hey, when you were growing up, were you an SEC guy? Were you aware and, and, and Alabama and all that kind of stuff when you were growing up there on the banks of the Ohio? I had no clue. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got that question the first minute I stepped into the state. You know, who are you for? And I had no clue what they were talking about. <laughs> and uh, I, I, only, I, only, I learned it pretty quick, uh, obviously. And I was doing classic rock, and we were at the flagship station, the Crimson Tide. So I came to love that football team quickly because it was my livelihood. Uh, but now I was kind of in the professional sports thing, but it doesn't take long for you to start loving college football down here. That's for sure. No kidding. 
Hey, uh, Tony's gonna hang. You can hang another segment, Tony. Yeah, I've got a very interesting story. I just talked to uh, Mark Ingram, who, of course, the UAB Athletic Director, live from Bale, Colorado, for the AAC Spring Meetings. And I know the SEC is doing their thing as well, but he had a very interesting take on expansion that I want to share with you. Yeah, because my concern for our teams like UAB and Troy and Jacksonville State, South Alabama, is great. So, Tony will share that with us on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and 5 private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. Just a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today, 86. The low tonight, 65. Tomorrow morning, sunshine, a few spots. You can see a brief afternoon shower. The high tomorrow, 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hey, we're back to wrap up this edition, the Thursday edition of Big Noon Sports. Got Tony Curry online with us. Um, Bone, you were talking about UAB in a conversation with Athletic Director Mark Ingram. I'll let you take the ball from there. Yeah, we do a show called uh, the UAB Directors Chair every week on the Tony Curry Radio Podcast. It also runs on the TKR app, the free app. And uh, Mark is is super cool in that he kind of pulls the curtain back. I could talk to coaches all day long on X's and O's, but I really love the Athletic Director platform, and we can find out what's going on, not only with college football and basketball, but but all athletics, and not only UAB, but other sports as well. We talk about college football in general. But he had mentioned the fact he's out in, in Vail, Colorado, which is really bizarre because there's not, there's not one school from uh, the uh, AAC that is in that state or or in a state that actually joins the state, which is kind of bizarre. Anyway, he was talking about um, you know obviously expansion, and I said you know 
Uh, going into uh, a new conference like, say, Oklahoma and Texas, it's kind of like uh, having a really close-knit family that every year you get together for Thanksgiving, then one year your sister brings her boyfriend. And, and it's, it's a little uncomfortable. It's like, what's this guy doing here? You don't know, really know what to share with them or whether you should get into sex, religion, or politics or whatever. Um, so I can understand that now, you know, with, with, you know, the AAC, you're talking about six different teams, the UAB and FAU, Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and I think UTSA is in there. And then, you know, you obviously have the teams that are now joining the Conference USA because they were falling apart, including Liberty, New Mexico State, and you mentioned Jacksonville State. And then, of course, next year you got USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, the Big 12, lost those two teams. So they're bringing BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati, Houston. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. And I said, now that all this is starting to shake out, and the last move will be in the year 2025, and on top of that, of course, we're expanding to a 12-team playoff next year where some of these group of five teams are actually going to have a shot. I said, do you think we've seen the end of it? And he said, it is unresoundingly a no uh, at their meetings. He said, he said, I was pleasantly surprised. And I said, pleasantly? He said, yeah. He goes, you know, now that we've landed, we know we're going to be. We have a much better shot at making any type of playoff situation in the AAC than we did in Conference USA. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great move for, for UAB. And, and I said, you know, I just don't want it to be like NASCAR where, you know, I always knew who the Folgers driver was. I always knew the DuPont driver was. I always knew the Budweiser driver was. And now, you know, every single year it changes. I said, I just don't want teams changing conferences every three or four years. Uh, and he said, I'm not thinking that's going to happen, but he doesn't think that the shakeout is nearly done. He said, I still think there's going to be a lot of teams that move around. And, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, I've never wanted to be with a woman that didn't want to be with me. She wants to leave the league. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to try to keep you. And the fact that the ACC is now trying to indoctrate this, this, these rules and stuff and these penalizations of, of, of leaving their conference. Well, if you want to leave a conference, there's something wrong with your conference. You know, there's something wrong. And and so you need to change that and you need to talk to your member schools and find out what it's going to take to make them happy. I'm not saying hold the conference hostage. Um, but if you've got teams that want to leave, there's a reason for that. And, um, you know, so, but he, he kind of felt like he said, no, he goes, I don't think we're nearly done. I think it's going to shake out. And he really kind of felt like much like the NIL and the portal situation right now. He thinks it's going to be like the new way of college football and college sports, that it's just going to be an ever changing thing where our teams are going to be changing conferences every five or six years based on their needs. So teams will actually enter the transfer portal. Um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the AAC of the ACC has adopted a perhaps like they may have passed it at their meetings, but I, I heard that they have put a revenue sharing plan in place where you are rewarded for winning, uh, yeah. and I think that's an effort to keep Clemson in Florida State. I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it, it is what it is. But I mean, you know, what would what if they did that in the SEC? I mean, it, it would just be it would be a mess. Um, well, I, I guess whatever it takes. It's unfortunately gotten to that point where we have to reward teams for doing you know what they're supposed to do on the football field. That is, win football games. Whatever it takes to keep them happy. Again, you don't. You know, I always thought the conference was stronger than the team, and now I'm starting to think maybe it's just the reverse because when the team continues to win for your conference, it builds branding for your conference. You see the commercials, right? I mean, you watch the new AAC commercial, and who's on the front of that thing? Cincinnati is all over that thing, and, of course, now they're gone. But, of yeah. course, they were there. And, you, and, you, and, and Matt, too, you look at Conference USA last year, 
Look at all the teams that won, you know, the NIT or you know, FAU yeah. was in the Final Four. I mean, they had a hell of a year, and now, of course, the the, the, the conference is going to look nothing like it did last year. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm, you know, as I get a little older, we kind of get set in our ways. I understand these are things that have to change. Um, but I do think, and just based off the SEC meetings and hearing what Lane Kiffin said about the NIL and certainly Sam Pitt, and I, I loved his analogy talking about the portal, about it like, you know, buying a house. You never just walk in the day you see a house, you buy it. Uh, you you kind of know, you start talking to people and real estate agents, and you kind of get an idea what part of town you want to live in. And I think that portal situation is getting really murky and really ugly uh, because so many kids can transfer now. Hell, there's kids that are transferring before they step on a football field. Yeah, uh, and before they enacted this new rule that I guess is in place where you can transfer only once unless you're a grad student, um, I think that's a pretty good move, actually. Uh, But, yeah, there were kids transferring twice before they even practiced with either team. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's crazy. All right, Tone, as I wrap things up, everything I've asked you this question before, what is your favorite Rolling Stones song? Uh, my favorite Rolling Stones song is a song that is not sung by Mick Jagger. It is sung by Keith Richards, and it's a song they play live every time they go out. I absolutely love it. It's called Happy. I love that song. I can hear that song a million times in a row. I love that song. Um, Monkey's a good song, too, but I love uh, Happy from Keith Richards. It's one of my favorite songs, man. I'm a gimme shelter guy. Yeah, that's a that's a Nick Saban song right there. That's what Nick Saban listens yeah. to after every win, right? Well, Nick and I went to see the Stones in Italy. You didn't read about that? <laughs> I did not, and I was surprised I wasn't invited. No, you would have. He would have invited you before you invited me. I <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, Vaughn, uh, I love you, man. I appreciate you joining us, and we don't do this often enough, so I'm gonna put an end to that. Let's do it, man. Anytime. Hey, tell everybody real quick where do they can find you on your sixteen radio shows. Go to your uh, go to your app store, go to Apple, and uh, download TKR. Is a big flaming guitar on there. It's the only thing flaming around here. It's unbelievable. And of course, you can also go to Android Tony Curry Radio and search it up and look for Tony Curry Radio Podcast. Curry with a K K U R R E. We have over a thousand podcasts. Everything from classic rock to blue shows. To- country shows we got shows about classic rock and football and computers and pets and all kinds of stuff it's great check it out tartar sauce on burgers i gotta think that one over <laughs> yeah. thanks tom see you thanks bro we're done big news sports